Hey there, everybody. This is Reading Reddit. It's Peyton, and today we're looking at r slash writing prompts, a subreddit where people can get creative and write the beginning of something awesome. Our first writing prompt comes from Emmett366. You have been cursed with super speed. Normally, this would seem like a blessing, but the way the speed works is by slowing down everything around you. Now, living each second as an hour, you decide to use this curse to travel the world and make it a better place. This response comes from TA account 12. I looked at her, the tears still frozen on her face. I wanted to reach out and touch it, wipe it off her face, but the sheer perfection of that tear made me hold back. In the before times, I never considered how beautiful and meaningful this small droplet could be. Now I spend hours and hours just watching it, watching her. The woman I made cry. The door is frozen in place, too. I had pushed it quite hard when I was leaving, but had been robbed of the satisfying thud. Of course, it had only taken me a few days to realize that the fight we'd been having, when I can't even remember the reason for anymore, wasn't worth it. We had been good together. Why had I tried to smash the door shut as I left her sobbing? I've tried to remember, but I just can't. So I just sit there, watching her face to try to look for clues. But more often than not, I just get lost in the tears. When it first happened, I had been glad. I remember I was angry at the world. I vaguely recall being angry at the time back then. The follies of our youth. I tried to travel, but the ships and the airplane followed the real-world time. So did the combustion engines and cars. I tried to bike around, but the bike chain couldn't keep up with me and burnt out. I took lots of long walks, though. Walking through a city frozen in time had its appeal. I remember that I enjoyed the walks. I remember that I walked for two hours out of the city where it was raining. I ran into the raindrops, imagining it was raining on me. I did some good deeds, too. Hopefully enough to get me into heaven, if such a thing existed, I suppose. But I always came back to her. Those tears were the planet I was orbiting. I had recently been forgetting her voice. I had recently been forgetting her voice. I tried to play back the answering machine many times, but the mechanism was at a real-world pace. I had recently been forgetting her voice. I tried to play back the answering machine many times, but the mechanism was still at the real-world pace. Her voice was like a fingerprint in the mud caked and abandoned handrail, and the wind of my time was making it fainter and fainter. I spent many years then to improve myself. She loved books. So I sat down at the local library and read all of her favorites. The fact that I only knew two of her favorites was a slap on the face to me. At any given time, she was reading two to three books. She obviously loved them. Why had I never talked to her about them? Why hadn't I encouraged her, supported her? Why hadn't I sat down with her and discussed about whether the gunslinger was right to let Jake go or not? Why hadn't I sat down with her to discuss the age-old question of eagles and Mordor? Her tears were frozen in time, but mine flowed freely. I know she loved dancing. I practiced and got decent at dancing. If I ever got a chance, I'd take her dancing. She used to make hand-drawn cards for our families. I made a whole bundle for her, telling her how sorry I was, telling her I was ready to change. Today I sat in front of her, bent over, shell of the woman I used to be. Because while time stopped for everyone, it hadn't stopped for me. 
I felt the pain of my chest rising, and I saw something else. I saw her tear move. Just a little. I wanted to cry out and ask the world to stop for just a few more minutes, just so I could admire it for some more time. But as my time was coming to an end, the world was gaining its time back. I watched her hand come up, in slow motion, wipe away her tear. Just like that, my planet was gone. And what's a moon to do without something to orbit? I closed my eyes and let the darkness in. Samantha wiped her tear away. It was enough. She had to understand that she wouldn't put up with her lying and cheating ways anymore. She would just... She jumped backwards. Her eyes widened as she saw the old woman slumped on the ground in front of her. The face was still familiar enough that she recognized her immediately. She looked on the table where many hand-drawn cards lay, all of them apologetic in nature. There was a letter where she told her she was willing to change. How she had learnt dancing and read the dark tower end to end three times. And there were pictures she had drawn of her. In every picture she had a tear on her cheek. But it looked more like a jewel. A diamond on her face. She knelt beside her looking for any signs of life. The tears were back. But this time, without anyone to sit and admire them for hours. Our next response comes from JXB Paperboy. You'll be surprised how little one can get done in an hour. Say you're getting ready for work. The rushing, busybody people will get up and out the door in 15. At work, beating morning traffic in 30 and sitting down at their desk in 10 after making their coffee in the office kitchen. Meanwhile, that sleazy neighbor down the street will be just getting into the shower by the time busybody people hit the road, out of the shower by the time the clock hits 30. Well, now imagine having to be the busybody watching his neighbor get ready. Now expand that to everyone around you. Except they're not taking half an hour to get into a shower. They're taking an eternity. Every 60 seconds for you is a day and a half for me. In that time, I can do a complete washdown of your bathroom before you finished wiping the shampoo off your face. And trust me, a lot of my time is spent doing exactly that. They'll step out of the shower and find their entire living space cleaned up. Well, why don't you clear up the endless piles of paperwork at the DMV and save people trouble? Yeah, uh, have you seen what some of the people are there for? Most of them don't deserve licenses. I'll let them live with that bit of hell. I do clear up stuff for the immigrants. Can't do that too often or Big Brother will start to notice. Other small things like finding people's pets or belongings usually don't take me too long. But the bigger things. There are some things even I can't do alone. Spending an hour every second of a 24-hour day is hell on one person. I don't talk to anyone. I can't sit down. I take care of small things so fast I can't even get a thank you. Most people just get confused and call the police, but I'm gone before they even look up. This is why some places are still starving, some people go missing, and most wars are still fighting. I could end it, sure, but I'd lose more than just my mind if I tried to solve it all. The logistics, politics, and mental strain of all that horror and disgust? I can only stand it for so long. I know you expected something heroic or novel, but this is reality. I'm just one guy with one perspective that sees more than anyone. And I can't unsee it. I hate this curse. I used to enjoy running off a rooftop and feeling the wind blow through my hair as I slowly freefall to the ground below. But now I almost want to just let the ground hit me. 
Every time I try, I just think of the little boys and girls who smile whenever they do something so simple as holding a balloon. The number of times they let go of them and I was there to tug at it at just the right moment for them to grab it and smile again. It's nice. But sometimes I just want to climb the tree the balloon is stuck in and earn that smile, you know? Our next writing prompt comes from Singular Blue. Mankind has been extinct for 400 million years, but the inheritors have found a rich cache of genetic material from that period. A zoo is developed, complete with all the flora and fauna of the age, including the apex predator, Homo sapiens. Welcome to Cenozoic Park. This response comes from House Blend Medium. It must have been so strange back then, and Eric said. He was looking right at the Homo sapien, a male, he was pretty sure, and the man was staring straight back at him. There was definitely something there in his eyes, something familiar, but it was different. Not what an Eric was used to seeing among his own kind. They were the apex predator of their time, Bastion said. Bastion was a kind of uncle-slash-father figure to Aneric, a complex lineage linking the pair. It says here that they lived for less than a hundred years. Even now we can only keep them alive about a hundred and twenty. Weird, Aneric said. He was almost sixty. Still a child. He had so much more to learn. What could you possibly know of value in the life so short? He turned the problem over in his mind and the extinent of his brain brought in snippets of text and images and direct thoughts and sensations for matter and energy, life over a millennia. He sensed through the top view idly, seeing the problem from the point of view of the experts. The consensus seemed to be you'd learn quite a lot by the standard of your day. Huh. They were expert tool users, Bastian said, continuing reading the tag. They lived in cities that were comparable in size to ours, but filthy and overcrowded, rife with disease, and the inequality was disgusting. People with too much to eat would walk right by people without enough. How could they do that? He stared, half seeing the man, half reading. And all of it without machine intelligence. Amazing, really. What can be accomplished without augmentation? Amazing, really, what can be accomplished without augmentation, if you're willing to overlook the suffering. And Eric was only partially listening. He was looking at the rest of the display, the crude house and the physical screens where a man and woman lived. How are they fed? He asked. A keeper machine, his uncle-slash-father said. It explains it here. Three times a day, they ate animals back in the day, if you can believe it. He shook his head, Bastion picking up a faint tremor of his distaste through their exonet link. This exhibit was almost too much. But how do the machines get in? Aneric asked. He was still staring at the man, and the man was staring back, holding his eye. Holding his eye, as if trying to... The thought was lost as his father slash uncle said, There must be a door. See it there, on the opposite side? It's a physical entrance through the force barrier. Too energy expensive to turn it on and off each time they want to enter or leave. The man stared and stared, and then Eric wondered, where was the woman? There were supposed to be two of them together. Then he said to his father, uncle, Is the door supposed to be open? It looks open. It could be, said Bastion. Oh. And Eric knew now what the man was doing. He was distracting them. 
And Eric turned, and the woman was standing there. In her hand, constructed from part of a robot keeper, glinting and cruel, was a makeshift blade. From nearby, a klaxon started to howl. Thanks for listening to Reading Reddit. And remember, if you liked this podcast, subscribe to the show and share it with your creative friends. Bye for now!